Hey, I'm Daniel, and this is Markers on the Map. This week we take a look at games like Bomb Rush Cyberpunk, Loop Hero, and more in a brand new Indie World Showcase. And then Oro, Akira, and Luke in Street Fighter V's final months. After that we delve into Godfall's DLC and Battle for the Grid. Check out the gaming adventure on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. take you back to a little time I like to call last Friday. The Suicide Squad, released in theaters and on HBO Max. It was a pretty good movie, it had wit and charm, and cool characters, and it featured one man, front and center. Do you know who this man is? Sylvester Stallone is King Shark? Oh yeah, actually, so there was one man, front and center, who was a shark, and then there was a man standing by his side. Pete Davison? Okay. You got me there. So there was one man, Sylvester Stallone, as King Shark, and there was one man standing by his side, Pete Davidson. But then, then there was another. Uh, what you, who? Most famously in Hobbs and Shaw, the Fast and the Furious spinoff movie. Dwayne Johnson was in Suicide Squad? No, but he was in Jungle Cruise, <laughs> which I kind of want to um, see, because apparently it's good. But all jokes aside, is uh, Idris El- uh, Elba, right? Yeah. The man, Idris Elba. Now, that's cool and all. He was Bloodsport in the Suicide Squad, but we got some news here. We got news about the uh, Sonic the Hedgehog movie 2. And that would be that Idris Elba is apparently going to be the voice of none other than our main man, Knuckles. Knuckles. I did I did see this. I woke up and I was just like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. And, and he posted a picture of Knuckles' arms and he said, knock, knock. And that reminds me of a Nintendo Direct rumor we had, uh, you know, a month ago or so where, where Knuckles came tapping at the door and he said, Nuck, Nuck. So I'm like, hmm. Maybe. Is it a coincidence? Idris Elba is Knuckles. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's awesome, I that's think. Pretty, that's pretty, it's pretty cool. I don't think there's been a live action, like, Knuckles, like, anything at, at all. Sonic was... Yeah, I don't think... He's been in the CG show, of course, voiced by um, Travis Willingham, I think. And then he was voiced by uh, Yugi Moto in uh, <laughs> the four oh, kids Sonic X dub. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, he was. And the Shadow the Hedgehog game, a game which I think Sega should by all uh, means and purposes remaster for the current gen. But that's just me. I was going to say is that Sonic has been at least somewhat in major films. Like I know Sonic the movie is a like, major one. Obviously, he's the main character, but he's been in like side things here and there. I mean, he was in, like, Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah. So, like, we've always had some type of, like, actor who's played him in the big screen. But this is the first time Knuckles had, like, a first time, like, big screen. Yeah, this is, like, the AAA Sonic movie with big AAA names playing the, the voices of the characters. <laughs> not, to, not to give it a video game, you know, title or anything, because it is a movie. But, yeah, it's a big, big Hollywood production featuring Knuckles, man. I'm actually interested in this one. The first one was okay, as I've said before. I have watched it. It was fine. 
uh, Jim Carrey, I don't know, something about Jim Carrey hamming it up for two hours is enjoyable to me. I just like Jim Carrey. Everyone <laughs> loves Jim Carrey. Who doesn't like Jim Carrey? Yeah, Jim Carrey was a pretty good actor. <laughs> well, so, that's right. Idris Elba as Knuckles in the Sonic movie. That's how we're going to open up this week's episode of Markers on the Map, the weekly podcast gaming adventure with your hosts, Daniel, and my co-host, Robert. How have you been this week, Robert? Uh, fine. Uh, just been, you know, been doing fine. Everything's still the same. How about you? Have you been? With all the heat? Oh, yeah. It's been, <laughs> eh. I've, I've been pretty grateful. I've been pretty, you know, staying cool and indoors. I've, uh, I've been fine very tired and very busy but still found time to play a couple of things for for a bit this week to talk about but as it stands we did get a pretty you know sizable thing today with the brand new indie world from nintendo this is of course the indie showcases they do every couple of months i'd say maybe two or three times a year for the nintendo switch and we got a like a sizable one today that we checked out um so why don't we get into some of the highlights for that? Um, we don't have to touch on everything, uh, but there are some things on there I think merit a bit of, you know, discussion. The first is Bomb Rush Cyberpunk. Now, this this is right up my alley. It looks just like it's got that Jet Set Radio style to it. Uh, yeah, I saw this, and the first thought was Jet Set Radio, which I think most people are going to get. Like I said, it's... it's we live in an era, and we discussed this before in a past episode. But we we're living in an era of if the companies that we that have made these games that we enjoyed no longer make them, or they're just not willing to do it. It's just like, well, now it's in our hands. We'll just make our own game at this point. Yeah, what was that in reference to? Because I, uh, I it's on the tip of my tongue. I think it was like we talked about. Like I think it was, I think it was one of the PlayStation showcases where they show like a, a zombie cowboy game. Where like that's just Undead Nightmare. But it was another game. Yeah, it might have been it, it was like part that. of it. But there was another game where, like, this is an example of. Uh, I think Crab uh, was it. Fight Crab was another example of like kaiju fighters. Like they don't make that type. Oh, of Oh yeah, anymore. the kaiju fighting yeah, games. Like, I feel like Bloodstained is like the answer to Konami not having a traditional Castlevania in X amount of years by now. Too. Yeah, it's it's more or less. I see it as like these fans really want these games to happen. And there's a lot of, there's, yeah. it may not be a lot of people, but to them, it is a lot of people that want to also play these games. Yeah, the indie space is a good space now for, you know, genres that might be overlooked nowadays. Maybe like a collectathon platformer, even though you beat might get ups. one of those from Nintendo. Yeah, beat em up, of course. Um, we've seen with Streets of Rage 4, the upcoming Shredder's Revenge. Um, but this Bomb Rush Cyberpunk looks to be like an open world styled jet set radio game. I didn't. You know, the trailer didn't give me much of a grasp of, like, the mechanics of it all, but, like, this yeah. is something that I believe would merit a purchase. It's probably not going to be too expensive. Indie titles are usually, like, the bigger budget ones are usually 20 to $30, and just yeah. the art style alone, the music, they sampled some of the music. It looks really great, I think. I, I hope it's all original music, which, obviously, I don't doubt it's going to be, but I hope it does have, like... Uh, a big cult to the sound because the jesse reader had a big soundtrack that people really enjoyed so i hope yeah. this lives up to to that part of it yeah it's like that game oozes style and they had jet set radio future it's like people have been clamoring for a jet set radio game for a long time now this isn't jet set in name but in spirit mm -hmm. sure it's here it's all being represented here so i am looking forward to this one i'm, I'm interested in this one next up toem 
Tom is a black and white, they call it a photo adventure, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I can't remember the name of the indie game that was also like a photo adventure off the top of my head, but I think ever since Pokemon Snap had its big resurgence earlier this year, uh, the genre of these photo games have been more popular. So this is another game where taking pictures is a big part of the gameplay. And, you know, that's cool. It's it's a very relaxing experience. to take The Pokemon Snap mm-hmm. experience itself is just relaxing. It's like, is there high stakes here? No, because you can repeat any level. But when you add an adventure element to it, I think that's something that maybe Pokemon Snap is missing. Yeah, uh, it is probably missing. Pokemon Snap doesn't have a story, right? There's not really well, a story a plot, to it. But you're not walking around. Yeah. It's just like you're going from area to area to go through an on-rails picture-taking section. Yeah, I, I see this is where it has the one-up where it is, like, an actual story where yeah. you progress through it, you, you know, go through it. And maybe you might not be able to get certain things that are, like, you know, that are a one-time deal. But I think it seems like the, 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 the quests tend to wait on you before you, you know, get to there. I don't think there might be, like, those, like, you have to get it now or it's gone forever. You have yeah. to replay the whole game again. It's like something like Pokemon Snap, you've got things that might happen by chance of you doing some kind of sequence of events in a level. You can always repeat the level, but it's it, to me it's felt like I didn't really care for the plot, so it just felt like a bunch of disconnected little islands that you go to and take a picture. So what I would have appreciated with that maybe is just it, even if it was just walking or being transported uh, from area to area, it would have been nice. But yeah, Tom don't know how i feel about it but i like what they're going for i uh, i can i can see why it might have a different look and feel because of the color it's all uh-huh. black and gray yeah it's got that stylistic choice to it and like i say with most indie games i like what they're going for do i think it's for me um i don't know but i always appreciate the indie developers for what they do because they really do take bigger risks i think than you know your playstation studios which tend mm-hmm. to have a safer bet of game um but that's why we have the cool indie space for for uh, experimental things now loop hero got announced for the nintendo switch this is a game i've personally had my eye on for a really long time because i believe it was exclusive to pc it's from devolver it's like a, a roguelike where it's like a card game, I guess, where you put cards down and you, you build the world around you. I, I don't really know how it works because I wanted it to come to Switch at some point. It was one of my like wishes for Switch. So I'm excited that this is going to be here, even though I'm getting a little <laughs> overwhelmed by the roguelikes lately. Okay, I remember this one. If it, it, it kind of showed someone gameplay very little... Yeah. I would say it was really I thought the art style was really nice but for me it's one of those I didn't really know what it was but you say it's a roguelike game so now I get a you know an idea and picture what it is yeah and you know they have interesting ways of doing roguelikes now we've seen it break from the traditional mold but sometimes the traditional mold roguelike like Binding of Isaac is a is a fun time and and sometimes it's harder to get into these card based ones but Loop Hero, I'm willing to give a try mostly because I've been interested in it for however long it's been out on the PC for. Um, so I'm yeah. excited for I'm excited for Loop Hero. Another one they showed was uh, Necro Barista. This is like a ultimate edition of it. I guess it's launching uh, immediately after the Indie World. So by the time mm-hmm. you hear this podcast, it'll be out. I've heard of this game. 
and it reminds me of a game I play, a little visual novel that you've heard me talk about called Valhalla. Mm. Yes. <laughs> um, so this kind of feels like Valhalla, except with a different art style. Valhalla looks more like a an early 90s PC sprite-based game, whereas this looks like it's like a modern 2D, 2D thing. I don't know if I'll pick this up soonish, but I'm definitely interested in this one because I've played Valhalla and earlier, or no, last year, I played another like uh, countertop sim game, you could call it, uh, called Coffee Talk, where it was like Valhalla, except instead of drinks, you were making coffee drinks for people. And I thought it was really cool. And th- these games are just a real chill time. So Necrobarista, I might check it out. Weird. It's a strange plot from what the trailer showed. Just the plot is, I guess, the dead have a day where they enjoy. That's right. Like, That's right. The living, like, like and they, and they hang out at a, at a coffee shop, and you can like experience their like journeys and stuff like that. Yeah. It, 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 that's what I got from the trailer and what they were saying. Yeah. So like it's it's similar to Coffee Talk in which you like you're you're just hanging out. You have the character that's a writer, and you come in at, like the the different coffee shop people come in at night, and they're like talking about their problems or what they're going through. Same as Valhalla. It's it's more or less just a really chill time. There's probably going to be some great music in Necrobarista like the other two games. So, mm-hmm. um, if you're looking for something to not have to worry about, you know, mash it a button for, it's the type of game for you. Kind of visual novel-esque. Additionally, apparently Axiom Verge 2 also comes out immediately after the indie mm-hmm. world. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Axiom Verge, yeah, it's a Metroid-type game. It's the kind of like a Metroid pastiche. Yeah, it's a, pre- it's a prequel to the first one. Yeah, um, I've played the first one. It's not my favorite, but it does what it's trying to do very well and that is capture the essence of metroid and it looks to me like this one's might be trying to capture the essence of a super metroid i'm i think that's what they might be going for now it's a metroid game that's not metroid always felt weird to me and i've played a few of them um there's metroidvanias all around shantae and Axiom Verge, those are our two big ones that people really like. They never quite capture just the satisfaction for me, but Axiom Verge 2 just looks so good that I might, in the future, be willing to give it a try. Uh, like, there's been a lot of stuff on this indie direct that I've been interested in, but I, I think mm-hmm. that one is is pretty pretty cool. Axiom Verge, it was I think it, I think it was more or less my fault that I didn't ever beat Axiom Verge. Like, I lost my patience with it at some point. Or maybe I just bought it in the middle of playing, like, five other things. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Never. It always looked interesting, but I just never got around to playing it. So I think if I, I'm going to say anything, it's not going to be much. It's just probably that. It looked interesting, yeah. but not really sure about playing the prequel, then the se- you know, in the first one, or just doing an order first and then the sequel, prequel. Yeah, I wonder if there'll be, like, nods to the first one that it's like, oh, if you played this, you know where this comes from, or stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Probably, I, I don't doubt it'll happen. It's, it's the whole thing, like, a Red Dead Redemption 2 releasing the prequel after the after the first one. You'll, you'll see those nods to, like, ah, oh, I remember that. <laughs> I, I'll say this to this day that I th- believe that rockstar made the first one without 
without even thinking about it, it'll go you know as far as it did like it won't be that successful it'll have some popular but it got really big and people really like john marston's character mm-hmm. uh don't want to spoil the end of it but then they made the prequel and i'm just like i think they did that one because the first one takes place in like 1910 it's the end of the west and then yeah more or less they, they want to keep john marston in the game but uh that's what i thought of the first and second game one of those sequel prequel things. Additionally, people probably don't think after they make a first entry, they probably don't go straight to, oh, I got to make a prequel. They're probably like, oh, I got to go make a sequel to this. <laughs> so it's yes. always interesting when when a number two in a series is a prequel. It's always interesting. Yeah, that's why I feel like the first Red Dead Redemption, they were just like, it's probably going to be like Revolver. It's just a one-time deal, but then it got really popular. And they're like, yeah. wait, you know. We can make a franchise out of this one. Don't underestimate the popularity of your open world games, Rockstar. <laughs> Especially Rockstar with, when yeah. it comes to their open world games. Uh, but yeah, I feel like maybe interest. I'm just interested in the art style. That's what kind of drew me in. Yeah. It's like a box art. How back in the day, the box art got you into it. Now it's the just the look and how you know how it looks at gameplay wise. Yeah, you can't really go wrong with a nice 16-bit you know platformer game. Like, they've all got that trademark style to it. Real quick, Islanders, that's a game that I just thought looked very quaint. I didn't... <laughs> I didn't really... I had to scrub through that part, because I, I didn't have a lot of time before recording, but it's also coming out today, and I swear I've seen that before, and I said it looked good, but it, it's also coming out immediately after mm-hmm. Indie World. What I'm super interested in is that Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon. Now, you know I love me some Shovel Knight. Yeah, yeah, you do like uh, Shovel Knight. This is a uh, how would I? Say? It's like what Puyo Puyo Tetris game where it's like match, you know, the colors or or shape. Yeah, it does kind of give off that vibe. I remember this being announced quite a while back. Unless I'm mistaking it for Shovel Knight Dig, in which case that was also announced quite a while back. But just the world of Shovel Knight. I can't speak to the gameplay of of Pocket Dungeon because I haven't played it yet. Um, It's Mm -hmm. not out yet, but the world itself is so well-developed and, you know, it's lovingly crafted. Yacht Club Games did a great job with characterization, plots, making, going through the same general set of four levels with four different, you know, protagonists feel really unique. Everyone had great powers, so I'm expecting Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon to be varied in content presentation and gameplay so i'm i'm all in for this this is going to be a day one for me i've never played shovel knight so i need to let you borrow my copy of treasure trove <laughs> i'm no, but also I, i'm not really into the whole well pull you put it's fun because we've played multiple i'm not really that's not really i really go for it that often yeah well the treasure trove is just the it's just a platformer think Mega Man, but like a hundred times easier than Mega Man. <laughs> Mega Man, but better yeah that's what i always got from shovel knight my first impressions the first time i ever played shovel knight was i was like this is just like mega man but you know easier and fair fun well not fun but it's it's fair and and easier yeah you get more checkpoints in shovel knight you get more checkpoints but you have the uh the option to destroy the checkpoints to get more gems (laughs) now that's pretty interesting yeah um they had a small segment on metal slug tactics which is set to come out next year that of course is something that has a great trailer but you know it's a tactics game you know i feel about tactics games Uh, it's it's 
a, a game franchise that I it's like Contra and, and Metal Slug are my two favorite, you know, like run running gun games, yeah. honestly, of all time. Um, I like the art style, but I just don't like the type of game it is right now. Yeah. Put it this way. I'm probably going to get it, but I'm thinking maybe I should hold out for a limited run physical release for it because it just oozes style. And I love that. Mm. And, you know, if it's, you know, accessible enough as a tactics game, I can get through it. It's just like once they start to become like Fire Emblem in nature or even Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, I start to be like, ah, maybe this isn't my type of thing. Still bitter about a Project Triangle strategy being a tactics game instead of a third piece. That's just me. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I get you on that. Yeah. Tetris Effect Connected is coming to the Switch. That's a surprise. This is a new Tetris game in the franchise. Yeah. I mean, it's been out on, like, everything else, including VR, I think, or at least PSVR. Uh, But this is, of course, the updated one where it has, like, online multiplayer, I think, or co-op, something like that. Uh, I believe the PS5 just got Tetris Effect Connected because I believe Connected was exclusive to uh, Series X for like six months or something. Mm-hmm. Now, I have Tetris Effect. It's a really fun game. Uh, the trophies are ridiculous. So if you're going in looking for a, a plat, like you're probably not going to get it. Most people probably won't ever even get close. But it is a good game uh every level is designed to like sync the music up with how you place the chetraminos and it's just a delight for the eyes and the ears i know they have it in vr like i said and people say it's one of the coolest things they've ever played in vr but think tetris but like dope (laughs) i haven't played tetris since what was 99 was the last time i played tetris well that's a good tetris game i'll put i'll put it that way (laughs) That is a good Tetris game, but I don't know. I, I, there's so many versions of Tetris that what is like the definitive like this is the Tetris to play. Well, this is a, this is probably not the purest type Tetris you could yeah. play because it's level based and there's songs and it's a musical experience. Um, purest might be like your I don't know Puyo Puyo Tetris has a pretty pure Tetris mode, but. I will say the best one is probably Tetris DS. Everybody loves that one. True, but you know Tetris. It's Tetris. I don't think they're. Yeah, I, I, it's it's Tetris. So I don't. If you're thinking that it's going to be a completely different type of Tetris, don't really think that. It's just Tetris with a little flavor to it. You know, just add a l- yeah. little something to it. It's definitely like a very worthwhile thing to play, especially if you love Tetris. Like it's awesome. Some of the mm-hmm. tracks are hit or miss, but, like, for the most part, I was like, it's beautiful. Like, some people have said it brought tears to their eyes. I've never cried during Tetris uh, Effect, but it, it was pretty dope, is what I'll say. Back when I played through the campaign uh, at launch. So, a couple more things. There was just a little, like, sizzle reel they showed, and they said Slime Rancher uh, Portable Edition is also launching, like, right after the Indie World. Uh, you know... Mm-hmm. Remember when I talked about Slime Rancher and how stressful it was? <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember that, which is weird with the title and everything. I don't think I'm going to get Slime Rancher Portable Edition. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. They're very adorable. No point. <laughs> yeah, every every game that people says is calm and relaxing ends up being a management simulator, and that's stressful to me. The only one that yeah. manages to actually do calm and not have to worry about, you know, 
min-maxing things is Animal Crossing, so I'm still crossing my fingers for that update to be huge. Uh, the last thing they showed at the Indie World was Eastward. This looks like a kind of like a 16-bit RPG, not turn-based, so it's more like a think of Legacy of Goku for Game Boy Advance mm-hmm. uh, or uh, Boo's Revenge or whatever the third one was. And it's from Chucklefish. They did Risk of Rain 1, I believe, and a few other things. I believe they did Wargroove. So this is like a good popular developer in the indie space. Not much to say on it, but I think this is something people will be very excited about. Yeah. Uh, what would you think of overall this indie direct compared to the, some of the previous ones? I'm going to give it... I want to give it an A minus because there's a lot of things here that I'm interested in immediately. Bomber, Cyberpunk, it is, Loop it's, Hero. It's true. Yeah, like it's a, it's a solid A minus. Yeah, Bomb Rush, Cyberpunk, I think keeps it pretty high. Yeah. Um, I'm still waiting on Dusk to come out for the Switch, right? For all platforms, it's only I'm, on it's Steam on PC, right, now. right? Yeah. It's on PC, but I'm waiting. Yeah. I'm waiting for a Switch version or a play like any type of version that I have. I can play it on, which is PlayStation and Switch. Yeah, I'm actually waiting for that one too. And I was kind of hoping we might have gotten an update on the Fall Guys situation for Switch. Oh, it was supposed to drop. I forgot that game was supposed to drop this. Like, yeah, summer, it's been right? delayed. But I was I hoping forgot. we'd get you know an update or something. But what we did get was pretty cool. Like, right. yeah, Loop Hero cool. I've been excited for and I was like, when are they ever going to put this on the Switch? I'll buy this if they put it on the Switch. So, Indie games. Always a good time. But we had another showcase recently. That was Street Fighter V. Ooh. That was like <laughs> a week ago. Yeah, it was sometime Actually, before we recorded last week's episode, right? <laughs> yeah, I think it was the day no i'm trying to remember what what it was i know what we were doing i know what day it was it was it was a tuesday tuesday i believe yeah because i think we did something that day for recording and then we watched that first though all right go so three fighter yeah um we got some pretty decent gameplay looks at oro and akira which are both set to Mm -hmm. launch on monday august 16th 2021 uh, mm-hmm. I will say that both characters look fantastic. Oro's really cool. He's got a lot of diverse options, I think. Akira now. Akira seems like the <laughs> Guilty Gear equivalent of a Street Fighter character. Launching, you know, her opponents up into the air, like, ridiculously high heights that we've not ever seen in Street Fighter, I don't think. Yeah, uh... <laughs> I-, I can confirm, at least from the Twitch chat, that everyone was pretty freaked out of how much uh juggling this is called juggling you can do with that character because it's like mbc2 there's yeah. a lot of juggling in that game you can go above the screen actually in that one uh yeah. guilty gear is another popular game right now that does a lot of like juggling a lot of anime fighters do the whole juggling thing it's yeah. like a trademark so, almost i mean think about like who is it ed right ed is not even like a combo character it's just like uh yeah, Bu- Ed has these combo. two button press things. Like you yeah. press two buttons to do certain things with some of his combos. I I can see it as trying to bring that type of player to that type of genre of game, like the anime fighter or like people that like even Tekken. You can do that type of stuff, but obviously that's a three yeah. D, you know, circle around each other. But just trying to bring that maybe anime fighter towards the like Street Fighter game. Yeah, and with a character like Akira, it's like 
she's pretty cool. <laughs> so I'm mm-hmm. really liking what they're doing. They showed off some of the costumes for Oro and Akira. All of them look great. There's going to be some nostalgic costumes there, of course, the story costumes and a few bonuses. Um, Oro himself has, of course, his cool turtle. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, now they, they've confirmed how this works because in three, it seemed he was missing an arm. And through limitation, it just seemed like he magically had one arm appear over the other. But it's now confirmed that he, no, he's just, he has both hands, you know, both arms. He just, in this one, he's holding a turtle, but in three, he's just, he just has it covered. Yeah. Cause he's canonly, you told me he's canonly like in the story game itself that he's that strong. Yeah. He's, uh, he's been considered, I think one of the stronger characters. So like, I was like, of course him fighting with one hand is like, oh, he could do it. He could take people on with one hand. (laughs) Yeah. So that's cool. Now they ended the showcase by showing a new character. The final character for Street Fighter V and what we're assuming is going to be either a main or the main character for Street Fighter VI. This is Luke. Uh, yes. I will say he's a boxer type character. I can't tell if he'll be, of course, until I see a moveset, if he'll be charge or just a regular input type character. Um, mm-hmm. Reaction is... 50-50. It's 50-50. Reaction, reaction was 50. I Actually, no, I would say it's like... I, I want to say it's like sixty thirty, and then it's like like the other like ten percent is just like they liked how it may feel or how like it visually looks, but in the sense of like gameplay wise, but just the look of the character they're not really liking. Yeah, I don't mind the look. It kind of looks like a cross between Dio and Fugo from JoJo Part Five, like combined into one character with the way the hair yeah. looks and everything. As for him potentially being, like, the future face of Street Fighter, I'm fine with them going in this direction. What I'm mostly concerned about is, will he be fun to play? <laughs> yes. Uh, I think, obviously, Ryu is the face of Street Fighter. You know, every every training game has that yeah. character in the front cover. Because Ryu is has been there since the get-go. You know, he's the first one. But is that Ryu is just very simple. It's not that he's easy, but, you know, his his movesets are kind of simple. They kind of are... He's an all-around character. He's very so, accessible. Yeah. If they're trying to make this that type of, like, entry, you know, this is a new part of the series, new story. Because in all, like, the whole story of Street Fighter, mm-hmm. we're at the end of it because the next timeline is three. And three only had, like, three of the original characters yeah. come back. So it's sort of like... Like I said, the way to introduce new characters into a game is just combine them with, you know, a roster. Like, let's just say it's, for some reason, this game has, like, 50 characters in it. At least put a good, like, 40 originals and then, like, maybe 10 new characters. Or, you know, just kind of bounce it out where there's more original, they're new. But you're kind of slowly bringing in the new people because then people will have, like, a character like Ibuki who's, like, what, part of, like, the second version of Street Fighter 3, right? Yeah. Then she became popular. Not everyone wants her in the series. She was in 4 and now 5. Yeah. That's the way to. Kind of, I think you should bring new characters. Is kind of introduce them with original characters or fan favorites. And then people can like them. You know, come to conclusion if they like them or not. And then want them in the next series or not. And if he does end up being the main character, don't make it like Alex in Street Fighter 3. Because I would not consider Alex to be an approachable character being a grappler and all that. I would consider him mm-hmm. to be a more mid to high level character. And I don't know if you'd want your main character to be anything but, you know, bare essentials, bare minimum, basics, yeah, bread that's, and butter. 
that's the point. He has to be likable design wise, but also likable player wise. Because even yeah. if he looks cool, if you can't, if he's just a very hard character, because Balrog's a charge character, right? Most yeah. people don't really Balrog's use charge, charge character. Yeah, it, it charges one of those things. Where you have to really understand how it works. So it, it's just like I said, the the main of it is that he just has to be accessible to a lot of people. Not everybody, yeah. but a lot of people. I say if he just has regular combos like Ryu and Ken and doesn't have any charge or tornado motions or any kind of weird stuff, uh, he'll be in, in a good spot to potentially become a main character of the series. Uh, whether or not he will be remains to be seen. Street Fighter Six is probably a ways away. I do think we're going to get news on that game pretty soon, though. It won't be till 5 is complete. I, I don't think it won't be till the end of this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking we will get something on this one this year, though. If if anything, a logo drop or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe a stat. I, I always assume a status update. Yeah. So, Street Fighter V is, is winding down. Hard to believe it's been going since February 2016, but it's starting to wind down. There's three characters left. Two of them will be out uh, a couple days after this episode goes up. So, look forward to some impressions next week few little last things we got uh on the on the list this week for news big one for me and i'll touch upon it a little bit here mario golf got an update now this update added a new character toadette a new course new donk city which is a great course for the mario golf franchise and there's two versions of it there's like a normal one and there's like an advanced one that's harder and it added a really cool online ranked mode, which I've played quite a bit. Um, it's really fun. The matches last five minutes tops. You do three holes against three other people. You get some points after you win to raise your world rank, basically. Collect points, and you if you get to A-, minus, you get some colors for your Yoshi. So I can change my Yoshi to blue, yellow, and red now. I thought it was really interesting to lock those behind ranking up but it's so easy to rank up that like it took maybe an hour and a half tops but what matters to me is that the ranked mode is actually fun that's all fair i mean ranking is one of those things where it could be fun well i would say it's playing ranked is not that fun honestly surprised that they added it to mario golf was this update even like announced or was just a surprise drop well we knew that we know that it's gonna get updates just like tennis Mm. But it got announced the same day that it dropped this particular okay, update. Yeah. There was no, like, look forward to the Mario Golf update on this day. They just like, nope, it's coming out today. I'm hoping to add more courses because I don't think you can ever have enough of those. And more interesting characters than Toadette. But I'm looking forward to what kind of cosmetic item I can unlock in, in next like I'm assuming these are going to be monthly updates because there's a countdown on the on the thing so mm-hmm. crossing my fingers for not just Yoshi colors but maybe palette swaps for other characters like I usually play as Daisy in Mario Golf so I'm like maybe some costumes for Daisy pull, pull them from Mario Kart for iOS if you have to. Uh, speaking of updates Pokemon Snap also got an update, adding three new areas and, I believe, 20 new Pokemon. I've not played this one yet, but it's news that was, like, literally before we recorded last week, so. (laughs) And the updates just don't stop, because Borderlands 3 also got an update, uh, adding the second Vault card recently. Uh, Did you finish the first one? 
I've not finished the first one. I don't know how to access the second one. I thought you needed to finish it because I was trying to find it, but I couldn't find it. You, so. you go to your vault card screen, you hit mm-hmm. like R2 on it, and then you click X to activate the card. Okay. And it'll switch right. you over. So if you're earning XP for the second vault card, you won't be earning XP for the first vault card. I mean, I've got pretty much everything I've wanted out of the first one, so yeah, I'd rather get started on the second one. the The second one is Welcome to Pandora, so a lot of the cool characters from like Tales from the Borderlands or some of the Borderlands Two DLC get represented. Uh, I know Zane's uh, head in Welcome to Pandora is the homie Shade from the Pirate DLC, which is one of the best DLCs ever made. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff on there. I think I'm one key away from the Moe's head. I'm hoping the third one doesn't take as long as the second one took to come out. Oh, I hope not. Hopefully they just add... I would love more body skins. That's yeah. I said. I would... I think there's like four or five of them in, in the new one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm hoping to have these done by the time Wonderlands comes out. So I can, you know... At that point, it'd probably be time to move on. But we'll see. In bad news, Horizon Forbidden West got delayed, but I don't think anyone's surprised. Somewhat yes, no, because it's one of those things where I'm surprised that it's not delayed because, you know, it's a, you know, most games that are pretty big, like AAA games get pretty delayed often, but... They didn't update it as much, so it, seemed, it kind of gave this perception of everything was going well and fine, and they, they're on schedule. They had a state of play. But like before, even before that, it, it just seemed like everything, they didn't really update that much. Yeah. It so, just seemed like everything was going fine and well, yeah. and that they were on track. Yeah, so that that's not going to be out till 2022 at this point, so. But look, look at how much stuff is coming out the rest of this year. It's fine. <laughs> You got Ghost of Tsushima for PS5, Death Stranding for PS5. Those are 100-hour games. Uh, and then everything coming out for the Switch in October, November, December. It's like, I'm totally fine not not having mm-hmm. Horizon right now. No Man's Sky, heard of it? Yeah, I've heard of it somewhat. You know, it comes up here and there. Yeah, you know, it, it usually comes up once every like month or two when it gets a giant update. And they're doing another one. <laughs> no Man's Sky Frontiers, I think. Um, they've not detailed to release this one yet, but it's a the game just hit its fifth anniversary, and uh, Hello Games is doing another one, adding sci-fi fantasy elements to No Man's Sky. Here's my thing: I haven't played the last like three updates, I think. So mm-hmm. when I decide to re-download this game and give it the thirty-fifth try, maybe I'll be like hooked by something. It's not a bad game; it's just stressful. <laughs> Like Minecraft or whatever. Yeah, it, it, well, Minecraft now barely gets much updates. They're getting Very that big little. one though, right? Caves they got like and... the first half. Yeah, they yeah. got the first half, and then the second half. I don't know when it's coming up with that, but No Man's Sky just seems like every three months there's always a new update for it. Yeah, kudos to Hello Games for you know keeping the free Turning content coming. They oh, it's it's turned around and more i think it was turned around a couple years ago and then now it's just like wish fulfillment for people but uh i like no man's sky it's just stressful for me and we gotta bring up something we also bring up from time to time here abandoned heard of it (laughs) 
Yeah, that's a game that's not Metal Solid that is Metal Solid, which it's probably not Metal Solid, but yeah. What or about it's it? probably Silent Hill, but not Silent Hill. Silent Hill, Metal Solid, whatever it is, is just not what it is. Hey, man, what's the difference? <laughs> True. Uh, it was supposed to get its, like, live app thing for, like, the trailers and demos and stuff, but I guess technical limitations are holding that back, so it's delayed. Hmm. Mm. Everything that comes purpose? out about this game just no, is, no. is interesting to me. Yeah, is this misdirection? Yeah, it, I don't know. It's like, is it on purpose? Probably not. Uh, will it have a, just a random drop? I think it will just be randomly dropped. Hear that, me like, out. App. And I th- I swear I've said this before. What if this is the game abandoned? What if everybody who reads about it is playing it? What if the experience of discussing and reporting on abandoned is abandoned? <laughs> See, now that's that's pretty, you know, cool, but there's going to be a lot of people mad and they're going to be like, um, what? Like, what What do you mean that was the game? Us hunting for a game is the game? <laughs> it's like an urban legend, almost. <laughs> mm. The legend of Abandoned. Anyway, I got one last thing here. Ooh, do I got one last thing here. It's our Nintendo Direct rumor. It's sponsored by Robert's Game Tip of the Week. And this week's tip is for a seminal PlayStation 3 classic from EA called Army of Two, the 40th Day. Hit us with our tip. All right, game tip of the week. When crossing the street, make sure you look left, then right, and then left again before crossing the street, just to make sure you get across safely. Sound advice. That's actually going to help me with part of the game. (laughs) And that will conclude Robert's game tip of the week. Very cool, very cool. Now we've got a rumor for a game called Metroid Samus Defies. Imagine guitar riffs. Samus Aran heads to the volcanic world of Magma Core, equips the power suit, and we're off. From start to finish, a blazing fast Metroid adventure like you've never seen before. Violent hive minds send fiery enemies Samus's way at every turn, and she must run, gun, and platform her way through scorching realms of Magma Core. But regular weaponry and armor will do her no good. Locate new upgrades across all of Magma Core to unleash new explosive potential in Nintendo's most famous bounty hunter. The Spike Ball rolls across oceans of lava, keeping Samus protected. Use in- <laughs> It says Samurai on here. <laughs> use intense ice bombs to create new paths along those same oceans and use them to reach new heights. Engage with deluxe missiles that concert devastating foes guarded by Magma Core's most powerful shields. Switch between eight different beam modes, including classics like the Ice Beam and Wave Beam, and new arrivals like the Detonator Beam for solving tricky runes and puzzles, or the Mirror Beam used to control enemies and turn them against the massive horde they come from with renewed strength. Find glorious ways to combine your weaponry for multiple effects at once, and don't forget about suit upgrades like the Ice Suit, allowing Samus to traverse volcanic halls in safety, or the Crusher Suit, allowing her to break through walls. It's her most dangerous mission yet. The appearance of other dimensional Metroids located on this hostile world. Samus will blast, roll, and conquer her way through the most fast-paced Metroid first-person combat ever and discover the dark secrets hidden in the depths of Magma Core. The technology, the rivals, the fear. Conquer the fires of a terrifying world when Metroid Samus Defies rocks the world of the Nintendo Switch. What we thinking about Metroid Samus Defies? 
I mean, we did have Metroid Dread announced not that long ago. Yeah, we got the 2D follow-up to Metroid Fusion. It's coming out in October. This one seems to be a first-person shooter, so maybe it's taking in the vein of Prime. I, I was thinking it's going to be a, a after, because what, we're, we're waiting for Prime 4, right? Yeah, we're waiting for Prime 4. So what if this is a, a, sequel, a prequel before that one? It's like a, a, a little, you know, just like a little game before, you know, we get the big picture of it. Oh yeah, like a like a a smaller scale first person Metroid like a, game, like Ground Zeroes for Phantom Pain, like kind of like that. Oh, like they take her on this like other dimensional like planet that we've never visited in Metroid series before. We get to like mm-hmm. the main event, Metroid Prime Four, of course, developed by Retro Studio. Basically, yeah, that's that's the way I see it as. I don't think they would have two teams working on a, on the same type of game. Mm-hmm. Now this does. Scream of another franchise, I think. Uh, I think the the comparisons to Doom are are here, but you know, a fast paced Metroid shooter is an interesting idea because Prime is not super duper fast paced. Prime is about surroundings, scanning, and the bosses in it are almost Zelda like in their complexity. So this seems like it could be like the the run and gun, yeah. blast them, shoot whatever, rip and tear until it's done. Metroid Doom crossover we've been waiting for. Probably, I, I don't doubt. I mean, it's their Prime and, and Doom are all first person, you know, games. So yeah. I don't doubt. And then Doom Eternal was was and and 2016 were both announced on the Switch, and they run pretty good on it. I've played Doom 2016 on the Switch, so they could pull this off. Microsoft and, and, and Nintendo seem to have a pretty good, you know, buddy buddy, you like what's up bro kind of deal. So maybe since Microsoft, you know, got Bethesda, mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. might have been something, you know, working in the background you know, you didn't know about. Or maybe this is one of those things where they have an idea for a game, but then they're like, no, it'd be more popular if we put a character we know and love into it. That's happened before. <laughs> That's true. That's happened before. Yeah, but it sounds good. I like the idea. The rumors have been pretty ace lately <laughs> anyway to say the least yeah so let's touch on a few games that we've been going through the past week or so let's start with something i love saying on the podcast godfall, godfall news baby, baby. Oh, godfall got updated <laughs> it did so it got two updates one is a paid dlc blood and darkness which i did buy and the other is a free update Lightbringer, which i have downloaded but not tried yet i've gone through like the first two story missions of blood and darkness so i can't really speak on the fire realm as a whole yet it's cool it's Mm -hmm. more godfall basically they added matchmaking hear me out you Mm -hmm. know how i'm trying to do that ascended tower of trials for the platinum trophy uh maybe (laughs) so the matchmaking works but are we good enough to get to that 20 yet that floor 20 i i made it to Ugh. floor 10 with a pretty decent group so now i'm like oh god floor t- is matchmaking gonna it's help like, me with this maybe um i will say playing it with a group is fun like your team of three like i don't mm-hmm. have to worry about things coming at me from all directions with two other people who for the most part have been competent uh, in matchmaking uh, have been helping i'm gonna have to kind of there's a lot to unpack in the updates and a lot of tutorials I just skipped through. Yeah. So I'm probably going to play it over the next week or so and get get a more coherent picture of what these two updates are. 
Um, I think the Lightbringer thing is almost like a live type thing where things will change if they're not like if realms aren't defended or something and you can get like buffs or debuffs um there's a handful of new bosses there's new trophies for both the free and paid update but i don't have much to say about it because it came out like yesterday and <laughs> i've had like two hours to play it and most of that <laughs> was trying to do the the tower <laughs> I mean, this also dropped with PS4 players as well. Yeah, right? yeah. So PS4 players who don't have PS5 are interested in playing Godfall. I believe you could just go buy a digital copy of it right now. I don't know if there's a physical PS4 version, but um, it's on the PSN shop. I believe there's a few you know, things that had to be taken away or changed for the PS4 version, like graphically or maybe performance-wide. Otherwise, you're just getting the same game. So that's cool. I'm thinking the matchmaking is crossplay too so anybody okay. who hops in any console i believe don't call me on it but i believe should be able to play it but godfall it's, it's a really fun game and i'm always impressed with how like good i do at it after not having played for a while but this should keep me on it for for quite a bit yeah uh we played some uh lego marvel 2 i decided to buy it because it was like seven dollars on sale with the season pass uh <laughs> i bad. think it's pretty charming uh it has its charm to it uh i haven't played a lego game since like star wars the complete series of like episode six i actually know from like from four to six yeah i think that's that's the last time i played a lego game entirely oh yeah so the modern ones like i was talking to you about have so many more mechanics like leg of star wars one had maybe six or seven different mechanics but now in like lego marvel superheroes 2 or like dc supervillains there's like 80 different mechanics so like even in free mode you're like which character should i switch to or whatever but um mm -hmm. this one despite running at a locked 30 i appreciate the ability to do couch co-op over share play because when i ran dc supervillains back when it came out on the switch it was very mind numbing to to play a lego game solo uh, of the traditional lego games which i guess is being changed with the new star wars one um but i, I i'm thankful for the the fact that this one has uh is on ps4 and it does share play and all that because it's just more fun to do it with a co-op partner. It's nothing like high stakes or anything. You can't really die. Mm -hmm. You can you can lose some studs or something, but you can't really die. It's just a chill time. And and sometimes we're thinking so far ahead that we missed a step. I mean, that happened one time in a, a level that didn't really have good direction. I know. It's like that's the challenge of co-op in the in the single player. The 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 AI would probably just do that for for you. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it just we were there for a while and we didn't get a single type of hint. Like it's down here, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's kind of this kind. Of, I will say this game is meant for obviously everyone. Yeah. So I wouldn't understand how they could think. I don't know. Maybe we just for the one time messed up. But I don't know if we're gonna mess up again. I appreciated the, the challenge. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. And uh, I'll touch on Fall Guys real quick. We earned our Ratchet and Clank skins uh, here at Markers on the Map. We we have both skins, so we've been. I've been putting a lot of time into Fall Guys recently. Uh, the season has been great. I'm level fifty already. I got sixty three crowns, <laughs> so 
and 10 of those was because double crowns apparently worked with the battle pass crown so instead of five i got 10 so i'd only have 53 by now but hey i'll take 63 or i'd have 59 no 58 yeah but hey free crowns the last thing i would like us to touch upon this week is battle for the grid yeah i've been waiting for this a long time well, so what do you feel about it? Yeah, what you think about it? So I played the tutorial and I played uh, a round of arcade mode. This is the super edition that came out for the Switch uh, recently. What I don't like is how long the matches take because it is three v three, and you do have to beat all three of the other characters. So one fight is technically three. So one run through arcade mode is technically. 24 fights because i think the last fight repeats but like lord dracon has you have to like defeat his health bar twice but mechanically i almost feel like the i need to get the timing down on the guard a little bit better it feels Mm -hmm. very i don't want to say high level but it kind of does getting combos and moves out is simplified though there's no quarter circle motion or forward back it's just holding a direction pressing a button or just Mm -hmm. pressing a button b does like a special move your x and a does a grab your a and b does a special move you can call a megazord to help you fight against your opponent whenever you feel like it and depending on when you call it you'll have more or less time to mess with it i've not played too much of it so it, it does seem very difficult I bumped the difficulty down to easy, and I still lost a few times, so it does seem very difficult. What I like is how, and I've touched on this at some point before, it's got the weirdest cast you would imagine for a Power Rangers fighting game, and that it's got most of the more, like, obscure characters versus the actual Rangers themselves, but it does have my favorite Power Ranger character, which is Gokai Yellow. Yeah, <laughs> of I agree with all that. all the yeah. characters that are in there, Gokai Yellow... The one that's my favorite. I, I it's it seems weird, but maybe it's on purpose. Go was their po- most popular season ever. I think they ever done. Yeah, but like, you'd think they put Gokai Red in before a Yellow, but no, Gokai Yellow's in this game. So I'm very happy about that. It's my favorite Super Sentai character of all time. Um, you also have Lord Zed, who's really fun to play and seems to be one of the more stronger characters. Scorpina. I don't know if she's very close range, so I don't know if I'm just playing her wrong, but I always die really quick as her. Um, But you've got characters like the Ranger Slayer. You've got Anubis from SPD, stuff like that. I was going to say, since it's three on three, do the assist, do the assist matter? Like, yes, you can call in for an assist or you can switch to a character. So the assists are like pretty, a pretty big part of it. Okay. So yeah, that's probably... One thing is that with I know the three on threes that especially MVC two is that the assists do matter a lot because some of them have just very broken mechanics. Right. So is there any of them that have just a broken assist mechanic? I've not played enough to pick up on it, but I do know that Scorpina's assist is pretty decent, and Lord Zed's just playing as him seems to be, you know, broken. Just looking at it from the start, it's probably not broken. It's just probably a type of gameplay style that I'm used to with Lord Zed. But um, 
Even Gokai Yellow does a lot more ranged attacks, so I do have a bit of trouble playing as her, but I'm mm-hmm. determined to master Gokai Yellow. <laughs> uh, it'll, 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 it'll come and go, but... Yeah, I gotta uh, play more than, like, an hour before I make any judgments on how easy or hard it really is. I would want to see maybe a sequel, I think, would do much better. I think they'll probably add more DLC at some point before they do a full sequel, but if they do add a sequel, I got a list of characters. <laughs> Yeah, I think I see the DLC come because think about like Marvel's Capcom. It was a couple before like I think Marvel's Capcom Two is the best out of the series, mm-hmm. uh, entirely because of how much it has. So I would think this being the footnote and then a sequel, I think would do much better with a completely different engine or or animation or just stuff to make it a little bit better. Because yeah. obviously, what DLC is cool now, but you have to work with the engine that's already preset yeah. instead of just working an entirely new game with like everything new. This game has had some expensive DLC, so I'm glad that they came out with the Super Edition, but it still was $50 for the whole the whole package, but it includes the Ryu and Chun-Li. They got added as, as Rangers, so that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it does have a weird but, like, surprisingly great cast. Like, it has the Blue Ranger from the live-action movie. Okay, that's weird. That's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> out um, of all of them to add. Out of all of them to add. Um, it has some good representation from SPD and Time Force. You could tell that the creators loved certain series. Um, it has Lost Galaxies, like, I'm forgetting his name, Magna Guard, something like that. I believe so. Yeah, it has some, some interesting choices, but they could still add more. We'll see. But that's first impressions. I'll probably have more to say it, uh, about that soon. Anyway, would you say... We handled an episode. Yeah, I think I should wrap it up. All right. As always, guys, we want to thank you so much for listening. Please check out our Twitter at Markers on the Map. And listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave a great rating and review. Subscribe, download the episodes. Listen to us wherever you go. You know we launch episodes on Fridays. If you don't like Apple Podcasts, we're also on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. All the links to everything is always on our Twitter page. That's at Markers on the Map. So we'll be back next week. Should have some Street Fighter V Oro and Akira impressions and probably be able to talk about Battle for the Grid and maybe Godfall a little more and whatever else we decide to play. So there's not much left to say besides what we always say. The real Spectrobe's origins was the friends we made along the way. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Later.